Hello, friend, and thank you so much for tuning back in to this week's episode of The Purpose of Life and Death with my first guest, Timothy. This is part two of the series, part three overall, if you've read my blog, but part two of the series with Timothy where we explore the process, the waiting game of going from life to death and all of that is that is in between. So make sure you tune in all the way and listen all the way through to the end of this episode. And next week will be the final part and we'll reach the verdict of all that we've learned, all that we're going through and allowing you to see just how we are taking it one day at a time. All right. So I hope you enjoy and make sure you share and subscribe and tell anybody that you feel like could use the reminder of they are not alone in this process and it's okay to feel these different things all at once. All right, so enjoy. So because I was aware of supernatural realities, I would say that I was more okay than my family was because God, God is so gracious that he let me in so that my heart could be prepared for the moment. And, you know, I I want people to understand that, you know, releasing your emotions and me releasing sadness does not mean I wasn't prepared. It just means that's what the human being, that's what the human soul feels with those moments. And it's more of a reality. Like, it's what you can see. You can physically see that he's physically declining and, you know, physically passing and physically not here anymore. Right. Yeah. And I remember telling you, like, when he went back into the hospital, you know, I was not confused. I was more so like trying to figure out what God was doing because it was almost like we were in the middle of a roller coaster of he gets better, he gets worse, he gets better, he gets worse, he gets better, he gets worse. And there was a point where he just started to go down, 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 and there was no up. And then that moment was very interesting to me because God had told me that he's going to live. Now, and let me clarify there because we'll hear God say something and we don't give God time to interpret what we heard. We just hear it and then we take it for what it is and we cultivate this um, this scenario in our heads that's our own. But it's not necessarily God's interpretation of what he said. So there were moments where I had to literally be still and sit and be patient with the interpretation because what God said was not matching up with what, is, what was happening. So when he started going down, down, down um, and, 
you know, he got to the point where he couldn't breathe on his own and they had to put him in the ICU. I was like, God, you said he was going to live. But he's doing this, so I need you to clarify what's going on. (laughs) And the two things God told me was this. He said, I didn't tell you that he was going to die when um, at the time that they're saying that he's going to die. So if I told you he's not going to die, he's not going to die. And then number two, he said, once he does live, I didn't tell you how long he would live. I love that you said that because I want to interject this. Mm -hmm. There may be some moments that something traumatic is happening with us or with just anybody in general. And in any situation, it is absolutely possible for us to pray for understanding and God give us understanding of it. So with you praying for understanding with what was happening with dad and him giving it to you does not equal him giving you all understanding concerning what was happening with your dad Mm -hmm. because just like you said if I say he's going to live he's going to live but that doesn't mean I'm going to tell you how long he's going to live so with every amount of understanding that God gives us there's always some understanding that he won't give us on the other side absolutely so I did want to say that Because there were moments that you and I sat in the room and one day we believed we knew what was happening Mm -hmm. in the spiritual realm. And then a couple of days would go by, dad would go up and down with health rising and health declining. And we would be in this room and we would say, okay, I don't know what is happening. Sometimes it's a waiting game for the best. Sometimes it's a waiting game for the worst. And sometimes it's just a waiting game. And it can go both ways. Yeah. And let let me say too that like in the waiting game, that's where... Whoa, Jesus. In the waiting game that's where peace is cultivated yes because what we don't understand is i think a lot of people don't get that waiting is not doing nothing yes speak on it (laughs) waiting is not doing anything and like i remember when my dad was first in the hospital from the back surgery and Uh, God had told me not to go to the hospital uh, pretty much the entire time he was there, except for one time. And, you know, there are a few of my family members that, you know, had a problem with that. And they didn't think at the light. They didn't think I was putting forth a lot of effort. And what I had to tell them was and, you know, dad understood, understood what was going on. But what I had to tell them was my responsibility is to be still and pray. 
because while everyone else is frantic trying to figure out his physical needs, I'm in a spiritual warfare at home. And that actually takes more energy than what y'all are doing. But I'm actually, you know, there's an effectiveness that I'm trying to do and I'm trying to handle the situation by God's wisdom, not my own. I'm telling you, it really, it really reminds me of, because I keep going back to this, it really reminds me of the story of David pleading and fasting on behalf of his child because people wanted him to eat. People wanted him to move around. I'm pretty sure he had a lot of his people trying to counsel him and trying to make him feel better but he was like it's done well I'm talking about like before the sun passed and he was like I this is my responsibility if I can just do this everything else would be fine and I mean what what David was doing was essentially like (laughs) he was wasting his time too he Um, was because god already told him what was gonna happen right but i definitely understand his heart yes um but i want to say there is a space where if god tells you to pray pray um because and i can say the time that god told me to go out to the hospital during his first surgery it was in the middle of a thunderstorm <laughs> where they were basically telling people not to be on the road. And God told me to go. And when I got there, it was literally just me and dad. And I told him, and, you know, he started telling me about the dreams and all, all these different things. And, you know, I prayed for him. And, you know, we actually had a legitimate discussion about spiritual the spiritual reality that was going on. And, you know, I want to say, like, the storm didn't even touch me. You know, nothing. It's so very important that you understand the spiritual reality to to round it back, back, uh, back to the current grief. I would not be as okay as I am right now if I didn't understand the spiritual realities of what was going on. If I didn't understand the importance of our family and what our the family's purpose is and the role that dad played um, as a patriarch and the role that he forfeited that he didn't pick up. He was a very important vessel to the health and the future of this family as it pertains to God and what God wants for this family. And he, he dropped the ball. I love him, but he dropped the ball. And I knew that months, months ahead. I knew that months ahead. So by the time he got to the point where he couldn't breathe on his own, A lot of my emotional um, release, releasing and everything was really due to the fact that I didn't understand what God was doing. 
and there was there was releasing because I mean it's my dad let me just sit that there as well like no matter no matter how good your parents were or are or bad they were there's a place in you especially when you for, when you have forgiven them and you realize that they got it wrong cuz they didn't understand who God was for them and you forgive them for that stuff it's going to hurt because that's your parent <laughs> at the at the end of the day and one of my mentors had to um teach me this um he told me um he actually told us Tom and Jared he told us it it's very serious it's a very serious thing to honor your parents and god takes it very seriously um and there are essentially severe consequences to not doing so and people hear that and children hear that and you know people that didn't have good parents or didn't have good examples and they're like well they did this and they did that and you know i i don't agree with this and i don't agree with that and my thing is i don't either i don't agree with a lot i didn't agree with my dad on a lot of things but the point is not to agree the point is to honor the point is to honor cuz despite the agreement and the disagreement i had to honor him which essentially means respect him as a father and as a man and i always held him to, to that regard but i i had a there was still a spiritual agreement that i had with god where i had to take a stand and no things before my family knew them cuz i i knew it was going to be very important to be a pillar and be a foundation for my family to to lean on when everything happened cuz like i said they they didn't know they didn't know what was coming i did so if god gives you something you have the responsibility to live according to what he's shown you and be prepared when when others will not be prepared so that you can be someone that they have um but yes i i i have my i have my moments cuz it's my dad so and you know really that next phase what happened was um it was like two nights before no it was a week before he passed and i was woken up at 4 a.m. by god <laughs> um which happens occasionally and 
I, I wasn't sleepy. I didn't feel super tired. And, but you know, I, I was gonna lay back down. And God literally like yelled in my ear, get up, go outside and pray. And it was a yell, like, you need to get up. You need to go outside and you need to pray. So I got up, I went outside, you know, I threw my hoodie, went outside and I started to pray. And I actually asked God like, okay, what direction am I praying in? And he told me again, pray that, pray um, life and pray that he's going to live. And that day, you know, my dad's oxygen level had dropped down zero and his, his heartbeat had stopped like three times. So he died literally on the table three times and he came back. And so there was an expectation that he was going to die that night. And God had had me pray that he would live. Again, I didn't know how long that was going to last. But I knew there was a knowing in me and I I couldn't it wasn't a prayer where I had to add where I asked God for him to live. It was literally a declaration and a decree given to me. And I literally was standing outside the house saying he will live and not die. Thomas Anthony Brodnax will live and not die. He will live. Death will not have a hold on him. And I, I started rebuking cancer. I started rebuking every, every bodily, um, every bodily uh, infirmity that had kept him um, from living in his complete cell. And the next day, what happened was he started progressing um, almost immediately. He started progressing. Um, you know, his his um, bodily system started working well again. Um, you know, the cancer wasn't really doing that much. He started to be able to breathe um, again on his own and, you know, all these things. So in that moment, um, two things I knew happened. One thing was that God was showing something to me about myself. And God used this situation to show me that commitment to him is also, when I commit to him, there's also a privilege I receive as a son to be able to speak things and they happen. Because as a son, you you start to become one with the father. <laughs> so your thoughts become his thoughts. Mm-hmm. Your words become his words. And so because I knew that's what God wanted. So, yeah, the second thing I, I knew was that he wanted dad to live longer than anticipated. Just so that many of my family members could come see him one last time 
And something that I realized about it is literally most of my family members were able to see him one more time and talk to him one more time. And there was a fulfillment there where the family got that one last moment. And I believe God wanted that for dad as well. So, and I'm not going to go into it tonight, but um, my family being united and connected is like the most important thing that is to be gotten out of this. (laughs) Um, That's God's main purpose in all of this is the reconciliation of this family. So once it reached that point and I knew he was getting better, I started getting hopeful. This is my honest thing. Uh, And we're nearing the end, but this is my honest thing. I started getting hopeful. So I was like, oh, he's going to live. He's going to live. He's going to live. But I still couldn't get past the feeling of, are you sure? And I had to be honest with myself because I know the voice of God. And even you were saying like, okay, well, God told me something else though (laughs) about him living longer. And there was still an uncertainty in us of, mm, and, you know, there was even an uncertainty in my mom of, well, I don't know. Well, I, I, I think that's where hope comes into play. Faith is believing, believing a certain outcome despite what you see or what you don't see, mm-hmm. but hope is a yearning for the best without any obstacles so to speak yeah so i do think that there were moments we were operating in faith and there were moments where we were operating in hope and not that there's anything wrong with operating in either or Mm -hmm. it is just realizing that those are prime examples of us having a vision for what God wanted Mm -hmm. and in the moments where we didn't have a vision for what God wanted even down to the day if there's something that he wanted specifically in the day and we weren't picking up on it, our hope came in to say that while we're hoping for the best, we still trust God's goodness and how he has his hand all over this, whether we know the extent of that or not. Right. And it was a really interesting time to be able to operate in those modes if you ask me because you know how it feels to hope for the best to hope for the best but to know the worst and 
there were also moments that that was happening too, just like some of the moments you described. Well, and what it became was like, am I really, in hoping for the best, God, what is best? What is the best that I'm hoping for? And I had to think, okay, what is best for him? Your dad? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's best for my dad? What's best for me? Uh, What's best for my mom? What's best for my family, my siblings? What's best? Because you have to think about that. You have to think about, okay, the best is God's best. And God's best doesn't always look good to our human eye. And so in the situation, there was never really a worst for me. It was always, Father, whatever you want is what's best for us. And like you said, that last leg where you started getting better and then, you know, it went into impassing. It was a big, like, he's living and God caused him to live. That prayer worked. That declaration worked. But there was also a cultivation of we don't know what's next. So we put next in your hands. And whatever is next, (laughs) we trust you with that Mm -hmm. as the best thing for us all. And You know, at the memorial service and everything, I had my moments of, you know, I saw the pictures and I thought of happy, the happy moments and the happy times and, and, you know, all these things. And that caused, you know, that caused me to cry. I cried. (laughs) Um, There are things I've learned about my dad that make me cry. Because I didn't know some things. I didn't know how he felt about certain things that my mom, my mom knew. And even with his passing has revealed more of who he was, a side of him that I didn't know existed. And just a side of everyone, you know, in the family that I didn't know existed. And what's what's been birthed through his passing has also been a unity in my family that I have never seen. In my entire life, my family has never been as as united as it is now. And that's why I honor him as such a catalyst. (laughs) Because he was a catalyst. But God also saw fit that his transition was also, and his end was a beginning. And that's what I like to rest in, you know, as it pertains to death, not just for my dad, but just as it pertains to death. Um, Because what scripture tells us, what Christ teaches us, is that death is only the beginning. And so there is no such thing as death. In Christ, there's no such thing as death. There's only life to life. And so, yeah, I've I've rested in that. Um, and I'm not 
and I'm not going to say it's not work. It's definitely work. You have to make a conscious choice to rest in that. Um, and then you have to make a conscious choice to be an example to your to everyone around you. And yeah, ultimately God has been the God has been the grounding thing. Even to the extent of like my unsaved family members and, you know, family members that aren't as close to God coming back to him. And something that I've rested into is even though my dad's gone, that's something that he wanted. And so what keeps me going to an extent is there's a piece, there was a piece of God in dad (laughs) where dad wanted that to be fulfilled because he knew that God wanted that to be fulfilled. Mm 